On this episode of my podcast, my guest Ben Haggerty, also known as Ben Real vs. World, sits down with me and we discuss his experience as a photographer, director, editor. Ben's worked with artists such as Beyonce, Jay-Z, Chris Brown, and not only does he direct and edit and work on projects of his own, he also has his own creator group called Black With No Cream and his own podcast where he's interviewed hundreds of guests. I actually was the first episode on there. And we really get into what he's learned about podcasting. How do you find guests? How do you ask the right questions uh, after hundreds of episodes of his own? And also we just get into editing and also networking and just tips for creatives and business in general in the later half of the conversation. So I think you guys are gonna really enjoy this. Without further ado, let's get into the episode. What's up, Ben? Yo, I'm I'm glad that we're finally doing this because I feel like we've been saying we're gonna do this since like 2016 <laughs> yeah yeah there's so much we could just get into like i hit you up in i think 2016 2017 a couple of years ago and i i think i just hit you up because i saw you were on tour with school by q at the time and you were making some cool funny videos your mm -hmm. videos are different because like i mean you're a funny guy um <laughs> and uh i said I threw I pitched an idea for you like hey we should do a video like on our favorite gear or something for YouTube and I don't think that ever panned out but it was cool because then we just like started working together on different projects well my favorite thing is when you reached out to me I either it was you reached out to me or I reached out to you however it happened like I started I, I was like literally in um Europe or whatever trying to figure out how to do something in premiere and then your video was the like thing that solved my problem for me when I was like making that series for Q and then I think we started talking shortly after or whatever and I was like oh this would be great and then yeah I started the black window cream podcast and you were a guest number uno and we fucking <laughs> talked for three hours straight like that's a that's like a classic in the black window cream community because they just everyone's heard us talk for three hours at one point in time yeah i i still i mean we, we still get tweets about that episode which is crazy i know um, i love it so i wanted to just jump right in and ask you so now since that episode that was episode number one we were just figuring it out that was really cool um you've done hundreds of episodes since then no what are you at now uh we on monday will drop to episode 220 with a rapper named guap dad 4000 so oh i've heard that, of him yeah he's pretty tight so i'm, <laughs> I'm excited to drop that one but it's been cool because it's it's been definitely like a journey, as you know, running podcasts isn't easy and yeah. it's like a slow grind, but, um, yeah, 220 episodes since I think I started it in 2016. You, I mean, that had to have been the beginning yeah. of it, but I took time off. Like when I toured with Beyonce and, and Jay and even doing Coachella with Beyonce before that, like it was so much work that I just tuned out on life. So I stopped the podcast, you know, for a while. And then finally after tour came back and just hit it hard and just stayed consistent. We were doing like nine episodes a month uh, for a long time and just recently switched it to just doing one a week just so we could have time to breathe and properly promote the episodes. Cause it's like, we'd put one out and be like, yo, this episode's out. And then we turn around two, three days later, yo, another episode's out. I'm like, man, there's so much amazing content. It's like, I don't know if it's, it's doing justice to each episode. You know what I mean? Yeah. I wanted to ask you about that kind of stuff. Cause first of all, like that's really all congratulations on hitting 200 plus Thanks. because I'm at, I think 30 with, um, doing solo episodes and random stuff i mean i think i'm only in like 20 interviews and i think it seems so easy um watching it maybe for some like you see two people having a combo it seems easy but the like actually scheduling cast especially with all these busy people is is a hectic yeah like it's very logistically 
difficult. Like, so tell me more about like how your strategy has evolved since then. Like I, at this point, you're an experienced podcaster, I'd say. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> I agree. And I think that that's probably the biggest, like push to, to the biggest push towards burnout that I've experienced on podcasting is the lo logistics of booking guests and, and making sure that you can like juggle their time, but also have enough time to get the content curated and then making sure you hit the deadline. I have this like weird phobia of not missing our Monday release time. And mm -hmm. so I just feel like if we start skipping a week or two, like it, it'll just hurt the overall show. And you know, like I'm excited to look forward to content. If it just disappears randomly, I'm like, what the hell? Like I'm bummed, you know? So we, we try to stick to that, but I don't know. I mean, at the beginning too, like you said, like it's so much work. And like when we, when I interviewed you, it's my first episode. I'm terrified. I've never really interviewed anyone for fun and also to hopefully help educate creatives and share someone else's like I'm sharing your story and you're this viral sensation on YouTube so I'm like I need, I need to do you justice right so I'm digging as deep as I could and I had like a notes a word doc that was like pages long of just yeah. things and I, we talked about like you folding towels and shit at the gym <laughs> for like 30 minutes probably like stuff that's like all right it's cool for us like in a passive combo but people listen probably like yo what are these dudes talking about right now but like i wanted to make sure i hit every lane and now i, I don't know I've, I've developed a skill i think a little bit better i've become more like confident in, in interviewing people so um some of the times i i mean we, we prepare in a different way now which is cool and i think our show's super super tight now uh, compared to what it used to be we have a, like a cool format we build like a run a show every episode and i try to make sure we're curating like the best messaging at the beginning so if you're new and you're listening you're my f fan or whatever you want to call it you're my listener um and you don't know who the guest is i want to be able to tell you in a nutshell like yo this is who this person is this is what you stand to learn like sit sit back and just trust me like you're gonna want to hear this episode and um and then just you know making sure it's a, a banger every time it's 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 not easy dude like running podcasts is not easy yeah well, uh, there's a bunch of people, especially like younger people, I feel like that are seeing podcasts get super successful um, in different formats. Like you have the interview format. Uh, then you also might have like a more conversational style with maybe like a couple hosts um, talking about popular topics. Uh, let's t let's like give some valuable info for someone who might be like a beginner podcast, someone who wants to start a podcast. Like you said, you've narrowed down your process. Um, like I, I'd, let, I'd love to touch base on it. Cause I, I don't think you've probably addressed this kind of like in knowledge that you've built. Like, first of all, how do you decide who to interview? How do you hit them up? Like, is there an email? Let's start with that, I guess. Yeah, I think, well, the number one thing too, for everyone that's listening, that's considering starting a podcast is like, why, <laughs> why are you starting this? Because I know it's very cool to have one. And I feel like everyone I meet now has a podcast and I, I, I get it. Like at the same time, I was just curious about people and wanted to learn more about people. And I found episodes from other podcasts that dove deep into people's lives. I think the first podcast I ever like got really turned on to was a Kid Cudi interview on Joe Rogan. He talked to him for three hours long. So I think that might've made me feel more comfortable to do that with you. <laughs> you know what <laughs> I mean? But I was able to listen to this person that I, I love and I've supported, like cared about their music for so long for three hours. Like they really talked about random stuff where I got to understand who this person was. And I thought that was so unique. And so for me, it was like, all right, that's cool. But like, what's the layer on top? 
And for me, it was like education, like how I get so lucky to meet so many cool creatives behind the scenes, like on set, on tour, whatever it is. And we have great conversations. So I'm like, I want to be able to bring that into an audio format so people can listen to it because I learn every time I talk to somebody. I'll learn every time we, we talked on the phone the other night about YouTube shit for like 20 minutes and I learned so yeah. much. So it's like those conversations are so key and I want to share that. So I give that back. Um, and so that, that was our, our main focus was like, let's make something that is, is going to be cool to share a story, but also let me try to squeeze elements out of that person um, to give them, you know, to give the listeners some gems, some jewels or whatever, like some tips, tricks, whatever I can find throughout each episode. But um, so the why is the most important thing is just like understanding why you're doing it from the jump, because you have to understand this is a, a heavy workload uh, and it takes a lot of time and, and coordination and, and, you know, eventually you try to build a team. And I now realize that who knows what your question was that I'm answering because I'm, uh, no. I think I'm I all mean, over the place. Well, to follow up on that, um, that's super important. I remember when I started <coughs> my podcast, it was my why was the same thing. Like I, I w had found myself listening more and more to this format. And also in what I do on my channel, it's like software tutorials. I had no avenue to collaborate with people and build like a network. So I felt like this is perfect because I can finally collaborate with people mm -hmm. and there's no way we could have collaborated like on how to do something in Photoshop. Uh, so what, but it is difficult. Like you said, like everyone has one, it's hard to get views and it might also be hard to like earn money from it, especially when you're taking so much time, all these microphones, all these things like, uh, what have you found in like, I guess what have been the fruits of the labor of all this? Because, for one, I mean, I could share some stories too about like n the network that you build, but what in your opinion has been like some of the most unexpected fruits of this and like some ideas on monetization too for, or like when should someone even start thinking about that? It's like, don't even think about that for like a certain yeah. amount. We didn't, um, we didn't think about making money. I didn't ever think about it making money for like quite a long time until we decided to really double down and like, and, and give it a lot more of our attention. Like I got an office space to record podcasts and that was probably the first time I realized like, damn, this needs to make money because it, it was before it was a passion project of mine just to like, I wanted to help other creatives. I know what it's like to be, you know, living somewhere that maybe isn't LA or even to live in LA and still, and still be completely confused on how to make it out here or make it in general as a creative and, and a freelance creative and to build a business behind your camera or your computer. And, um, and so it was important for me to try to, to try to give back because I saw so many messages all the time coming in to me asking about this stuff that I, I wasn't doing it justice in my quick, like three sentence response on an Instagram DM or whatever. And so I was like, okay, if I can talk at length, maybe that would give me the, the time for, for someone to actually like really understand what I'm thinking. Um, and that, th that was just to help. I didn't think about making money off it, which I think I, I love that. Like I didn't start a podcast to make money. You know what I mean? Like I didn't think of it that way. And down the road, you know, we got the office space. Like I said, we started a Patreon at, at that time and Patreon was kind of a way for us to be like, Hey listeners, thanks. Like if you like this, uh, there's this like website that helps you support creatives or whatever. If you want to give like five bucks a month, that'd be sweet. And so we had enough money basically that 
I think I came like 200 bucks underneath the cost of the office space. So I was still paying out for it, but um, it did make me realize like, all right, cool. Now we, maybe we need to like work in ads and find new ways to create partnerships. We started building like creative contests because we had the community attached to it. So we could work with brands and use our podcast as an outlet to announce a, a contest, get our community involved. They get to create and possibly win something and we could get paid on the back end, which was really cool. And those are like some of the first like few ways that we monetize. But um, I mean, overall, it's not like it makes crazy money. Like it's not, it's not like it's a it doesn't pay the bills yet. Like we've literally the money we made off this podcast and all the sponsorships has gone into paying our office, which by the way, before when we took over the office, we paid, uh, I think our rent was like maybe 11 or 1200 bucks with utilities because we rented it from like a suite of people. Mm -hmm. But then those people moved out at the beginning of COVID because they were very terrified and we had like a decision to either move out and we had nowhere to go or take over the entire lease. So we ended up taking over the whole thing now, which just costs so much money, but like the money goes into that. And we now have a podcast editor. We have a, a graphic designer that helps us with social content and we have a, um, a producer and now a thumbnail editor. Shout out to all the team. They're amazing. And it, and I haven't taken a dime from this shit. Like I, I, everyone, these people that have been like passively fans of the podcast and shit ended up getting paid before I got paid on this thing <laughs> that I've curated. You know what I mean? So I could help it grow. Uh, and that that's super important to me because I'm lucky enough that I can work and I create content for a living and make money off that shit. So I'm still able to do this as a, as like a passive thing, but, um, it, it, is now in the position where we're, we're, we're building the business of it. You know what I mean? Like truly tr trying to figure out what is the business behind it. Cause me and Dave shout out to Dave, everyone uh, knows Dave on the black and cream podcast. We have the morning rust together. Um, and he's my partner and all this shit. Like we got to make money at a certain point. Cause we spent a lot of time in here trying to make the best podcast, the best community, the best activations, the best community experience. Um, so we, so we're building that out now, but, um, yeah, like getting started, you have to pick up, you know, your microphones, you need to get some sort of audio recorder. You have to get your camera. If you're doing a video element, you need to edit that shit. You need to cut it down into socials. You need to pay for podcast hosting. There's like all these little elements that aren't, it's not super expensive. Like the, the bear to entry, like you could get in very cheap. You could get in with just your yeah. phone and anchor or whatever that shit's called. You know what I mean? Like our spot or SoundCloud. And so yeah. you could get in very cheap, but, um, it just depends. Like I always, wanted to have like a official setup and I didn't, couldn't have that for a long time. And I did it out of my apartment. Like you were at my house and then I did it out of like a, we work office out of a brand of boardroom. And then it went to my kitchen at my new apartment and I pissed off my girlfriend all the time. Cause I'm going to be up late talking to people and laughing and shit. And now we have an office. So like, I finally got what I wanted from the jump. It just took a long time. And if I would have waited, um, you know, for, for me to be financially stable, to be able to have this type of shit, like there wouldn't be any growth. Like I think people need to pull the trigger immediately. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, hundred percent agree. Like, uh, <coughs> I just made a video the other day about like, you gotta go faster cause it takes twice as long as you think. Mm -hmm. Like I started my channel in 2011, <coughs> didn't like really figure it out until like 2017, 16, you know? So Yo, like in 15 days, happy anniversary of what? That's your 10 year. Oh yeah, almost ten years. I mean, I've been on YouTube since like two thousand eight, though. Whatever, but you're saying <laughs> like you're really start giving energy. But this right, channel, cool. I will do a ten year. I will take your fucking flowers. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, I appreciate it. Um, but uh, uh, yeah. But so the one thing I wanted to ask you though is like, that's cool. Like you're you're. I've done the same thing with my channel. Like I, in the beginning, I wasn't making no money. Like as soon as I made like five hundred bucks, I'd be like, okay, cool, I can afford a camera. 
Mm-hmm. I made like a thousand couple bucks. Cool. I can afford a laptop now. And like, you know, the first times you just keep putting it back in, back in until you're like at the scale that you want. And it can mm-hmm. be different for everyone. Like I'm still a one man person, but you know, I probably would be better to like have a team and what, but it's, it's different for everyone. But what about the network? Like, uh, I've only interviewed a couple dozen people myself, but what's been really cool for me. And I can tell a story like even between me and you, but like, I've found that like so many cool opportunities that are not monetary result from, from building a network and, you know, collaborating, like collaborating for me has actually costed me more than any, I could sit down and make a tutorial in 30 minutes and that costs me nothing. I'm already all set up and it'll make me more money. Or I literally will travel to New York and interview like two, three cool people. It'll cost me a lot way more than right than it's ever gonna make. But it's cool because then I know those people and then maybe like you were in Detroit <coughs> on the on tour with Jay Z and Beyonce. You're like, hey, come down, help us shoot some stuff. You got me tickets to the to the concert. Oh yeah, like, I forgot about that. that. Was, I could. Who do we whole see? Story. Who do we see? <laughs> Who was in the VIP? Because I got, yeah, you know, when, Only when Justin Disha pulls up, we got to give him that VIP package. You know what I mean? So Justin comes in. He's getting the full experience. I got him right up front. JB right there. He's getting to see everything. And then serious. who were you in the pit with? Who are you in VIP with? And then you come down and you're like, oh, yeah, Drake's here. And I'm like, oh, that, that is Drake. Like, Drake just walked by me. Yeah, that was tight. I'm like, yo, Drake, let me shoot. The, let me edit your video. <laughs> no. Yeah, please. Uh, but like. You know, that's like, that was a priceless moment, you know, despite the fact that our little YouTube collaboration never did anything like that was. Yeah, cool. but we talked for, we talked and that's the, that's Not what's that, cool the one about podcasting. My, we never did the collab on my channel. No, our I know, but like we were, yeah, we got, we did the podcast and we were able to like build a relationship there. And I agree with you. Like, I think that there's so many cool relationships that have come out of having this podcast and having Black Window Cream as a, an overall creative education space. Um, and I've, you know, it's crazy how many brands I work with now that recognize Black Window Cream and understand that it's like this bigger thing than just a podcast. Like the fact that I have a reach to multiple creatives like all over the planet and can tap into them at any given time is like really unique to brands. So we've been able to give a lot of exposure to young creatives um, through Black Window Cream to these bigger brands and, and get them hired and, and things like that, which have been really cool. Um, but like personally, it's like, yeah, you. It's cool. It's easy to connect with people on Instagram and shit, right? Like I could, you couldn't, you and I could have just exchanged some quick like messaging on Instagram and be like, yo, yeah, yeah, I know Justin. Justin's my guy or whatever. But like we don't really know each other. But then we yeah. sat down and talked for three hours about some shit and then hung out even before and after that and then have been able to connect multiple times since then where we're actually friends. You know what I mean? So yeah, like there's a, to me like that's so special, and that connection goes a long way because there's like collaboration can happen at any time. Like if you really were like, yo, I want to make a video. It's about this, blah, blah, blah. Can we do it together? And like the chances of me saying yes are way higher than if we just had quick, like, yo, what's up? I fuck with your work. Yeah, me too, man. All right, cool. We should stay connected. Here's my number. All right. And then it's just like, meh. you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Collaboration. Know. No, collaboration is so important. And like even myself, like to everyone I've done a podcast with, like, you know, my friend, Nick, um, his Instagram's hustle very fun. He directed like a bunch of music videos for Detroit artists. Like, right. I just like hit him. He hit. He's like, yo, I started playing chess. He hits me up to play chess. It's funny. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, let's run it real quick. My yeah. this other guy, Chow Down Detroit. He does like uh, food blogging. Uh, the other day, I was like, 
you know, everything's all like um, COVIDed out. So I'm like, yo, who would I know that like knows restaurants right now? I'm like, oh, song, song will know. Like, let me hit him up and ask him like, yo, what restaurant is around here that is not closed right, right now? So it's yeah. like the network is cool because and then they can hit. He hits me up all the time and says like, I'm in Photoshop right now. And like, what is this thing? What is this effect? And like, help me. It's, yeah it's like a mutual it's a mutual network um because you don't feel like i feel bad like i think i hit you and was like yo if i don't want to be that guy that needs to ask you about this shit but we're starting youtube and we need your opinion on this and i guarantee you get that shit every single day and you should low-key have a full full-fledged business about being able to critique <laughs> accounts because you do well but uh like being able to have the bond there um it goes a long way and like I, yeah it's cool like we had um joe larkin on here who runs uh curza which is a comp uh, like a creative company that they like do a bunch of work for edm artists they're the creative they basically book cr content creators for these massive edm artists like steve aoki and the chain smokers and shit like they they help them and then uh and then through him and danila lewis who is a personal photographer for the chain smokers like i've had him on the podcast and so now we're building this like i'm starting to get connected to the edm space which i wasn't very connected to before and then jeremiah davis who's that one blonde kid on instagram then he was on the show and like all these people started to and now we have like a surf group chat and like we all go surfing down at like venice and shit like we just mobbed out one time with like 15 dudes just going surfing it was like the coolest shit because was just a bunch of creators it's like hanging out not on some work shit you know what i mean like and that it's cool. It's cool to have those networks and, and to be able to travel and you know, like, oh, cool. I've interviewed this person. And next time I'm in Detroit, we get to go to the fucking whatever that thing was after the jam session. Where did we go to jam oh, session? Yeah. Yeah. That was cool. We yeah. went to a jam session the night before the show. I think we went around and shot some stuff for the content for the tour or whatever. We were just filming the city. So Justin showed me some spots. We saw that cause piece that's in Detroit uh, downtown or something like, yeah, you know what I mean? It's the, cool. Like, the, that's such a cool thing. Yeah, uh, and so, like, I don't want it to just be, like, us, like, being like, yeah, we're cool. Like, we know a lot of cool people when we surf and we do cool stuff. But I'm <laughs> saying, like, uh, for anyone out there that's, like, trying to grow, like, I'm just, I'm trying to, like, uh, give you some ideas on the, on the cool, unexpected importance of collaboration. Because when I did hit you up and when you, when you hit me up, like, I didn't always have, like, 100 like 800,000 subscribers you didn't always have like I was literally your first episode of the podcast I, mm. I could tell you're doing cool stuff and like I liked your content but like I didn't know you were going to go on tour with Jay-Z and Beyonce and like do a bunch of their photo and event it's like right. I think too many people try to hit up the person that's like oh yeah that person's already popping off like right. let me get in cool with them when they should look to like who's around them like already that's doing cool stuff that might not you know be there yet but like you come up together well and, you know what's and, crazy is like you by that's such a good point because we'll have the podcast is getting big enough that we can have bigger guests on the show which is cool and they'll be like oh yeah i see this, this is uh, like something like i would be down to get on and my fans would like it or whatever but and we're always thinking like oh cool this person's got a million followers or whatever on instagram or they've done all this cool shit and they have a huge creative cult and like if they just you know, push, push us out or whatever. Like this is going to do well for our podcast and we'll get new listeners. But the crazy thing is, is that those people rarely ever share anything f about the podcast because most likely they've done like a million episodes already. You know what I mean? Like they've done mm -hmm. 
everyone's podcast, like they don't want to keep telling their audience, like, Hey, I've been on this other podcast. Come listen to this podcast, 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 podcast. like no one, like they get sick of it. And a lot of the younger creators that are newer, that still done dope shit, or maybe they don't have like such a massive, like fan base or whatever. Those people end up being the ones that share the hardest and get more views, which is crazy. Like some of the biggest people that we've had on here have the weakest turnout on like it's our listeners that listen to it but like the people that you don't expect to be like a big following or whatever those people share and honestly it doesn't matter like none of that shit matters it's like i've been focused on just finding the creatives that have done have accomplished so much and i know that they've done enough that i could share those portions of stories and my audience would would find it helpful but their story may be a little deeper and learning how they got to that point uh is so important right and when i talk to them about that shit I always want to make sure that it's just a, an authentic, real, deep dive into to, to some of the hard turns that they made to be able to get to where they are. And they may get some views, they may not, but overall, like you may start to fuck with the podcast because you heard it through Justin O'D show, and then you're like, who's Ben? And then you find out who I am, you're like, oh, cool, Ben's done some decent shit in his life. I kind of trust him as a source, so anyone he might talk to from here on out they might be a credible source. And then all of a sudden you tune in the third podcast and I have Andrew Sandler on who's directed like massive documentaries and music videos for artists or, or Chris Brown's photographer or whoever. And you're like, oh, cool. Like he's tapped in. And so these people may not be famous. And, and some of them, like we had Thor. Thor is like this ill steady cam operator. And in LA, this dude is on every music video. He's a hard ass dude. He's like the illest, like he's such a dope dude. It's not like he's got a ma- massive following or whatever, but he is so passionate about, um, steady cam operating and his story was so cool hearing about how he got through there and tons of people ate that shit up and i was like oh this probably won't it's probably gonna just like feed to our audience but people were finding it all over the place and tapping in and his his audience isn't massive but those people care about thor and so they're all tuning in and it was really cool to see that and and i think now you know the beauty of it is that you kind of use that person it's the same thing as like we always talk about with jobs like on our podcast, we're always talking about the theory of business and being a freelancer and shit. And like the one thing is like, you may take a, sh- not a, not a shitty job, but like a job that maybe, um, you're unaware of like what its outcome would be for you. And it may just be like, you do the job and that person benefits fully and you don't benefit at all because you work for free or that job could turn into three or four new jobs, or you could use it to turn it into like multiple jobs. Right. So podcasting is very similar. Like each guest has a very important role in the navigation to to the top like me having 200 some episodes is like wow they've stayed committed you know what i mean just in general that means whoever is on this shit you made 200 episodes that's commitment to the that's not easy that's multiple days in a row of audio if you play it in a row you know what i mean like yeah. that's a lot so people take it more serious um yeah i think like some of the most uh, uh sometimes we do think like ah uh, i should get like if i can get the rock or some celebrity on like it probably would do well, but like some of the most viral stuff or interesting stuff even is like interviewing my mom or interviewing a homeless guy mm-hmm. or interviewing like um, regular everyday stories. Like this is how, I mean, you have like those humans of New York type pages. Like there's something universal about the everyday story. And it's not always like you have to interview the biggest, best guests. Sometimes it's cool to just like interview someone with some cool life experience or, or, approach it from the story angle like how this person went from how this person went from being homeless to rich or how this person went from being rich to homeless like right or how this person's homeless and still homeless and has a fucking incredible story you know what i mean like yeah it's all motivational and and i think that that's what i love that's like 
like when we talk about that burnout, it's like, there's this need to like always have like top level guests and you get into that circuit of like, you know what I mean? If you're listening to like the breakfast club and they all of a sudden just start having like, no, like nobodies quote unquote on their show, you're going to start tuning out. Cause you're like, wait, I thought you guys interviewed like top tier rappers. You know what I mean? So you have this like impression that that could be a, that could be like a, a clapback if you if you were to have people that maybe some people didn't don't know. But I think overall for me, it's like I want to create a show that you just trust. Trust me, if I have this person on, I know it's because I'm gonna bring value to you. Like it's gonna bring value to me. And if if you like me or you trust me, like if I feel like I'm getting value, it means that I want you to hear this shit. That's why I'm recording it. You know what I mean? And <clears throat> I don't know. I think that's just that's just part of it. Like there's this kid I told you before we started the show. There's this kid Drew Drew Sims. Um, on YouTube, I just found his random, just randomly just found this dude's channel. Cause I think I searched some shit about tents on YouTube and they fished me like this cool ass image of a guy in the mountains with a Jeep, uh, Wrangler or whatever. And he's got a tent on the top and I'm like, damn, this shit looks fire. And it's called like solo winter camping in the woods. And I clicked it and it was a 30 minute video and it was super cool how he was telling the story of just him doing like a three day adventure up in the woods and he kind of walks you through the day in a vlog format, but there wasn't like music in the background. It was very like raw and organic. I thought it was so unique. And I watched a couple more videos and I'm just like, he's taking me out of my element and letting me like live in his space for a little bit. And I thought it was so cool. And I, I like sent him an Instagram audio message when I was walking to the office, like, yo, you don't know me. I found your channel. I think this is cool. And he's also a photographer. Like his channel basically says like, I'm a photographer and I, I get, that's like what I do. I'm a freelance photographer. And I live out of my Jeep uh, and I've been doing it for three years. And I'm like, how do you make money? Like what, who are your clients? I don't even know who his clients are, but I'm curious of, of his approach because it's so different. I think this story is gonna be so cool. My audience most likely doesn't know who this dude is, but I think that the story is gonna be so unique that that's why I was like, yo, get on the podcast. Like I would love to have you on and we're recording it like, uh, in a week and a half or some shit. So it's cool. Like that's dog. That's inspiring. Like you just packed up into your car and traveled to the woods and somehow you still make a living. You know what yeah. I mean? How? I, I think, I think it's about like what you said, if you're curious about it and you're being authentic to what you're curious about, then hopefully you've built an audience of like-minded people that are probably curious about the same things you are. And so you can act as this kind of curator for them and yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, so, and that's, I think that also talks about my, like speaking to monetization, it's like, you're not just starting a podcast and interviewing whoever and anyone that will give you an interview. Like you're kind of niche down into like photographer, freelancer, creatives, like directors, editors. And that's because that's what you do. And you're also doing stuff that you're curious about. You're not just like, I get emails sometimes from people be like, uh, I have a guest for you, your next podcaster, Tom Jones. They're a really successful businessman and they, they've yeah, been yeah. on. And I'm like, well, I'm I'm sure they're awesome, but like, I'm not personally curious. Like, I didn't find them like that. Like, I'm, if you're just randomly taking guests, but like I want to kind of change lanes. I feel like we hilarious. definitely, there's definitely a lot of useful info for someone thinking about starting a podcast or just the business of podcasting. But right. let's talk about your own editing work because, you know, um, one thing I think too is like that helps me and even you is like I didn't just start a podcast I also was like already had a thing going I was like already established doing like software education and so it was a, it was a natural progression which I think helps to have something as the foundation of but you know you just edited like this video for 
Chris Brown, City Girls. Um, how did you even, how do you even, and you've edited documentaries for Chris Brown and stuff. Like, how do you even get your name on a job like that? And you're a talented editor in your own, right? Like, thanks. But um, give me, give me some of that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like when I first moved out here, um, you know, I was trying to find my path, right? And I had a, like I, I mentioned earlier, Andrew Sandler. He's been on the Black and Oak Cream podcast multiple times. Go look him up. Great, great guy. Uh, he kind of, he took me under his wing and he was directing Chris's documentary at the time. And he just let me come into the edit bay um, to like check out maybe the first three minutes of the documentary. He goes kind of cutting the intro, you know? And he was like, yo, you but should come check this out. Can I stop you? Like, how did you even, you said you came out here. Oh yeah, how magic, did I, yeah, right, Magically, right. Yeah. this guy named Andrew, you magically <laughs> No, no, <started>. no. Networking. <laughs> Networking is it. Everyone's always said it. You've heard it. You're probably tired of hearing it, but it's fucking true. Networking is the key to life. Like, so Andrew, uh, one of my best friends, she moved out here from Iowa. I'm from Iowa, everyone that's listening. And uh, she moved out to LA and she, she met Andrew and started dating him. And she was like, yo, I'm dating this guy. He makes music videos. I was like, oh yeah, does he? And cause I, at the time, like, you know, it's hard. It's either you were like an indie ass, like shoot just someone rapping by a wall or whatever, or you were like this top tier music video director, producer. And so I looked him up and his work was fucking crazy. I was like, holy shit, he's worked with Nicki Minaj. He's worked with uh, Lady Gaga, Chris Brown, all these superstars. And I was like, that's crazy. Um, What the fuck? And then like, I just started paying attention to his work. And then she would always FaceTime me when she was with him. And she knew that we would be friends because we're nerds and shit. So she'd be like, yo, Andrew's <laughs> Ben. And she, she set up the introduction. And we started talking. And like, I, I would just like send him stuff I was working on in Iowa. And he'd always be like, oh, that's cool. And give me some feedback or whatever. And it was just like a cool little friendship. And then one day he flew me. He wanted to surprise Whitney for her birthday and flew me out to LA as the present. Because I'm like her best friend, right? So yeah. flies me out to see her. And I stayed out there for a couple of days and I got to hang out with him and her and we got to do a bunch of dope shit. And it was just, you know, it's the same thing with like what we said with podcasting, like you build a relationship that way. And, um, and then Andrew on the like second to last day I was there, he brought me to set for a, um, rehab music video is an EDM artist. And it was like this really cool music video that Andrew was directing. I got, he's like, yo, come through. Like we came in, I was with him all day assisting him or whatever. Like I just hung out. Like I was just behind the monitor. I'm sitting in the director's chair. I feel like a legend. They got a crew. They built the whole set. There's these bunch of naked girls and shit on set. And I'm just like, this is, <laughs> this is really LA shit. And, uh, and it was so cool. And then, and then he got booked to, to, uh, produce a Chris Brown music video two days later, but I had to leave. My flight was coming back the day before. And I was like, Oh, like, what do I do? Do I, like, I didn't have no money or anything. So I decided to like, just send it with the money I did have left. And I just extended my flight, paid like 180 bucks, whatever it was to like stay longer. And I came, I came to set, but it was like the exact opposite. He's like, yo, fly in the wall. Don't go sit in the director's chair. That's Chris's spot. Like, don't talk to anyone really just be there and just observe. And like, you know what I mean? Like you're, you're nobody here. And there's like 150 people on set, like making this big, massive music, buddy, music video come to life. So chill and i was like all right bet so while i was there uh you know some people have heard this but maybe your audience haven't heard it like i i felt so weird because i'm like definitely not supposed to be there i didn't know what the hell to do i like saw the grip trucks pull up and i'm like hey you guys need help and they're like yeah sure uh random guy like take this shit over to this to the g and e section or go put it over here by crafty and i'm like what the fuck is crafty and what's g and e <laughs> and like you know what i mean i'm like carrying all this stuff around and just like putting it in the wrong spot and probably getting in people's ways so i just like literally sat at crafty and ate like hella breakfast burritos and just tried to like kill as much time as possible. So I wasn't in people's way. And I saw this BTS guy 
um, Ryan posted, shout out to Ryan, who was on the set the day before shooting BTS. And I saw him and I was like, yo, are you doing BTS again today? And he's like, nah, I gotta, I'm doing DIT. He was like managing all the media and he's like, I won't have time to do it. And I'm like, oh man, that sucks. I'm like, did you bring your camera and stuff? He's like, yeah. And I'm like, oh, I'm like, could I shoot a little bit with it? Like, would that be cool? And he's like, yeah, I don't care. And so I asked Andrew, I'm like, yo, there's no one doing behind the scenes. Should I shoot behind the scenes? And then you guys can just have that. And he's like, yeah, sick. So I shot, I went from being a fly on the wall to literally like with Chris, like following Chris around and interviewing him and interviewing seven streeter and getting you know shooting all this shit and so after that andrew edited it i flew back to la i'm like or i flew back to iowa i'm like blown away that i just did that shit like i'm like holy fuck i just shot behind the scenes like i used to watch his videos on mtv and stuff all the time it came out on mtv i'm like oh this is crazy and andrew's like yo you killed it like you should come back you should be here like we need you again like we're doing this ariana grande project you should shoot behind the scenes and i wasn't able to get there and that's when i realized like I need to make a shift in my life and save money and move to LA because now I'm needed and I'm not readily available. So they're booking other people and that could have been my job. And, um, so yeah, that's when I, when I came back and I finally decided to move, I saved up money, all that shit and moved out to LA and Andrew was working on the Chris doc and still dating my friend. So he's like, yo, you want to come hang out? I came and hung out and I started opening my mouth like with ideas. I was like, yo, Mm -hmm. so you're directing this documentary about Chris Brown's entire life. Like, this is going to be massive. Like, he's one of the most controversial, like, pop stars ever. I'm like, we can do anything? And I was like, what if we did this, this, this? Andrew's like, yeah, that's cool. That's cool. And, like, we started vibing. And then the next thing you know, he's like, come back tomorrow. Come back tomorrow. Come back tomorrow. And I went from this assistant to, like, getting him coffee and, like, you know, refilling the nuts on the table and just, like, cheese its and shit to, like, becoming the assistant editor. And then by the time the doc was over, like, I have a co-editor credit. Me and him edited the film together. And that shit changed everything. Like I was able to start doing music videos with Chris. I was started editing his music videos. I'm doing behind the scenes on all his music videos. I started working on other projects that they were doing uh, for other artists and shit. So, uh, you know, it really was being able to network. But I knew the value at, right on, like at the beginning. I'm like, wow, Andrew's so creative. And I don't know anyone like that in Iowa. Like it feels so cool to know someone that's in the industry doing this shit. How can I add value to his life? You know what I mean? Like, how can I elevate whatever he's doing? So whenever, as soon as I was there, even on the birthday trip, I'm like, you know, trying to figure out how to, how do I help you? Like, let me do whatever you need done and I'll take care of it. Like, um, and that, you know, that goes a long way. People see the value in, in someone that's going to work hard and go the long mile for someone. And, um, yeah, that's in a nutshell, kind of how that shit kicked off. Yeah. <laughs> I actually didn't know that. That was a really interesting story. Yeah. Um, I've actually, we did a group chat on, on my podcast, like with Andrew and, and Shannon yeah. and you, so that was cool if anyone wants to check out some, some of that. And you interviewed Andrew, I think. Um, but, uh, the, so for anyone who's listening, who's like a music video editor, so you did just do editing work on this latest Chris Brown video, City mm-hmm. Girls. Um, and like, what's that like compared to someone who might be editing a video just for themselves or just where they have a lot of creative freedom. Is this something where like, what is the the type of freedom you have? What is the type of process that goes into a big, big name video, such as editing a big name video like that? Like what's your role as the editor? Um, yeah. So city girls is from Chris and young thugs album that they put out together. It was like a joint record. And I just checked. I want to see how many views I had. Cause it came out. I think out it's got like 6.2 million or something right now six million yeah something like that in a week and uh cool but uh it i got brought on so so at that time when i was doing the documentary 
um, I had done, he put out an album called Royalty and he put out like eight music videos that were like all strung together. It was like this story, you know, from the album. And so I was assisting in on like the first two music videos and then it went into like co-editing with Andrew and Chris because Chris likes to edit his videos too. Like he sits in on the edit. And um, I, I got a lot of experience at that time working with him. And then I shot some shit for Chris, one-off stuff for him after that. And, and that was great. And uh, fast forward and now I had all these other projects I've done, whatever. And Jake, who is Chris's personal photographer, now you want to talk about relationships and from podcasting, Jake, I built friends with him on the set. I remember him being on set with Chris and being like, man, that's Chris's personal guy. And at first thinking it was like some sort of competition, like we're both shooting behind the scenes. Like, wait, are they not gonna use my stuff? Damn. And then I'm like, oh wait, no, that's his, that's like his day one, like has ridden with, he goes everywhere with him. We started building a relationship. I shot behind the scenes of him shooting behind the scenes, which was cool. And you know, behind the scenes, people never get any love. <laughs> you know what I mean? So yeah. I'm giving him cool photos of him working hard of like with Chris and shit. And he was like so appreciative and we stayed friends. And then when I started the podcast, I had him on and we just, you know, he's my boy. And um, he has now grown into like, he shot Chris's album artwork uh, from going from like a merch guy to photographer to like shot his album covers and then chris just like trusted him to direct this music video as a massive music video and jake called me and i haven't done music videos in a long time pay is never really that good or whatever but he hit me up he had a solid bag and he's also like yo i need you to do this is my first time directing like i want your you know we got to do this together so i was like hell yeah and so my role was i edited the whole thing like i um I had to, you know, they shot this video in downtown with COVID and all the bullshit you had to deal with out here. It's like way harder to navigate, not bullshit that we have to uh, be conscious of COVID and uh, uh, follow the guidelines. I totally yeah. agree with following the guidelines, everyone <laughs> wear a fucking mask, but it's really difficult to do the videos. You have to spend a ton of money on COVID testing and having COVID monitors and all this shit. So um, they pulled it off and were able to do it and they shot this really cool video uh, if you haven't seen it yet, check it out. But it, it's like this old like 1940s or I don't even know the date, but like gangster, like mob shit, um, tons of guns and all this stuff. And they shot the video and then Jake, you know, gave me the footage and I had to turn around and, and cut it. But the problem was, was that Jake was leaving to go back to Australia and Chris was going to visit his daughter in like Europe somewhere or some shit. So like I was trying to get the footage and the idea was that I was going to have a rough cut done um, and then go to Chris's house to cut it. But the media came back, they shot it on an Ari and they shot it in 8K raw. And it was like, there was no ProRes. So like, I literally couldn't even play it. Like it, it was, was a you literally can't even scrub to find a frame. It was like so bad. So we had to do all these other steps to have it like sent to a render farm and like render out and shit. And so by the time I got it, um, they were already gone. So I did a, I just did a, a cut. I just did like a full rough cut and just off of my experience working with Chris and I know what he likes and, and tried to get his dialed to that with Jake's notes and me and Jake sat through it. And then we presented it to Chris and Chris was like, yo, this is shit. This is great. Cause normally he doesn't, you just set up, set up the project and then edit with him. Um, but to, you know, for time. What's sake, that like, like does, what type of direction does he like, does he say, no, nah, I don't like the way I move my dance. Yeah. He's great right there. I mean, he knows he's, uh, so talented and understands his every move and he'll remember everything he did on, on this day. So he'll go and find it if we, you know, so he just likes to see all the options and, um, you know, if it's a performance and you shoot it three times, you're stacking the performance on top of each other and you're saying like, all right, cool. Like what's for this, you know, one line, what are all the options I have? And so it's like, just 
like demoing it. All right, you see all these and you're like, nah, I like that one. Or I'll be like, oh, what if we blended that one with this one? Or, you know what I mean? So it's like this collaborative effort, but he likes to see it all, all the way through. But that was, yeah, I did that whole stab at it and, and I, we played it for Chris. But the hardest thing out of all this shit was doing it three different countries on Zoom, coordinating time zones. And Chris is also a superstar. So like sometimes he may <laughs> be busy and shit. So uh, we finally got it set up, but I had to hook up my DSLR with my HDMI through the Elgato uh, cam link mm -hmm. to run into my computer just to be able to point my, com my fucking, uh, I should have done this shit on OBS. I now have learned that I probably could have made this easier on myself, but I had this <laughs> on a tripod, like literally in my lap almost, pointing at my program monitor on Premiere uh, so he could see the playback because it was too laggy sh doing screen share. Yeah. And so that was the only way I could solve it like real quick last minute. And, and then I had to like play the music. I put like the speaker up closer to the, my microphone. It, dude, it was a disaster. But like that definitely made it very challenging to like demo shots where their internet's lagging. And I don't know, there's all kinds of uh, roadblocks we ran into, but we finally <laughs> got it done and then sent it off to VFX and um, Dark Matter VFX did it. They're unreal VFX, like hella bullets. <laughs> they rebuilt the whole city at the beginning like that whole intro shot if you watch it is like all these old cars driving down the street n n no cars were there like it's crazy if you see the rebuild which i know they just dropped the bts like two days ago so you could probably see some of it there but anyway yeah uh, uh i don't know if i answer your question well, i'm sorry no you do you by the way you always answer one thing okay. i've learned from my first few episodes is like i used to interrupt 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 and just talk about what i what was in my head now I love it because in the past couple of episodes, I've let people go on so long that they do that. And they're like, did I answer? And I'm like, all right. So I'm really listening like till they finish. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I know. <laughs> but, well, I never know. You know what I mean? Like you ask me something and I, I like, I'm like, oh, I need to hit a point before I get to that point to make it make sense. And then I'm just like, I have ADD or whatever, I guess, and just go off the rails. But uh, everyone listening, you can let us know in the comments what's the, going on the here. Coffee. <laughs> well, no, I it think to clarify what you're saying. What I'm getting is like, you know, we, you know, I didn't get into too much like, you know, how you guys started with cameras, how you guys started with editing, but you know, how anyone does, like you're a pretty capable editor, you, you create, you like doing stuff. But it, if anyone is listening can see, it's like that sometimes is the, is the easy part. Like sometimes the hard part is like logistics and technical and like, uh, how do I run this HDMI cable through here and uh, the screen share is not working or the thing is not working and like. Let me Google this real quick. Or let me see like how that type of problem solving, I think is very necessary and key, especially even now, like, you know, during COVID, like here we are doing the podcast on Zoom. I hit you up too. I'm like, uh, how do I like record the audio on Zoom separately? How do I like, how yeah. are you doing? Even stuff like that. Like, and you know, I figured it out, but like that, I think that's one reason that's even allowed me to be successful is, is my ability to adapt adapt and like creatively problem solve technical issues facts beyond and like even you're just doing consistency like where nobody will even get to 100 episodes before they give up like the fact that you even did that is is crazy itself like if, well, if i see someone get to 100 plus i i respect that a lot you know yeah it's a lot and i just to to like going off that podcasting thing it's like any i get hit up all the time for people that want me to get on their podcast and it's always like they just started it or they're about to start it and they want to just start with me and i'm like yo I, I appreciate you caring about sharing my story or whatever but at the same time like hit me when you've done 10 
Like I want to yeah. see you actually just do 10 alone. Like that's a lot of work uh, for someone who's just like, I just want to do it. I just want to be blah, blah, blah. I'm like, it's not like, like I want to see you actually commit yourself and put your, put the work in. And, and cause I had to do that shit. It's like, you have to, I had to do 10 years to get respect in the industry, right? Like I've been in this shit for so long and learned even in Iowa, before I moved out here, I was practicing developing my skill set. So when I came out here, I had to work my ass off to get respect and then to even get paid. You know what I mean? That's another step. So it's like, you have to do all these steps before, before you can, uh, just have it handed to you. And I'm not saying that I'm the, I'm the fucking golden child that everyone should have in their podcast, but I'm saying like <laughs> people hit me up because for a reason. So, and I, my time, I like don't have a lot of time. I spend a lot of time helping the community as much as I can. I respond to every message. We even open up, we pay, I pay money every month to have a text commute, like community. I don't know if you guys know what that shit is, but it's like you basically pay for a phone number and then it's allowing me to like skip my phone number out to quote unquote, the fans or the audience. And then I have, you know, hundreds of people on there that are messaging me back. I'm, I'm sending out like weekly messages to motivate them, like going out of my way to do it. I respond to every single person. I do. I respond to every Instagram DM. I, I take calls when I probably shouldn't. I talk, I take meetings with people when I probably shouldn't. Like that's the one thing Dave's always like, yo, you got to chill, bro. Cause if you keep doing all that shit, we can't get the main goal done. You know what I mean? Like we have so much we have to get done. Like you can't help everyone. And it's just innate in me, but um, I think it is something about just like putting in the work and, and, and getting started. And I think with the music video stuff, you know, like I, I used to rap and shit. So like when I was making my own music videos, I was editing my own music videos. So I had a ton of experience on low level shit that helped me when I got into that oper- that room, when Andrew said, I literally, there was a day where he's like, yo, can you, ho- I have to pee. Can you hop in with Chris and just make this, do this one thing? that you do do a, it was a speed ramp because speed ramps mm-hmm. were like my fucking sauce and he's like can you do a speed ramp and like help it and i sat in and i did this shit and chris was like hell yeah that's what i was looking for i was like all right and then andrew came back and he's like yo you're good just keep working and i was like all right sick and i kept editing with him which is high pressure like there's the homies in the room everyone's chilling in there they're very determined like this is a, a cost hundreds of thousands of dollars or whatever like and chris's time super way more value than mine right so like it's important to be on your shit and understand how to handle it. And then, yeah, like you said, creatively adapt, like the music city girls wouldn't be out right now. If I wouldn't have come up with that way to edit until now, like until Chris came back to the country or Jake was able to come, you know what I mean? Like we couldn't have edited until we were in person again, but we found a way to do it, which is cool. And I think just being able to get into the room and being able to handle your candle is like so important to, um, you know, just know your shit and trust yourself and, and that's what should allow you to take that next step to go and, and tackle jobs and, and book yourself, right? Like you trust that you're, you know, for a fact, you've done a million of these things already. Just no one knows about it. So when you get in that room, you're ready to pull the trigger and, and show people your talents and your aim. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like the practicing, like free throws in yep. the gym and it becomes natural. Like right. you've done it thousands of times. Um, but yeah. Uh, and like you said, Another point with podcasting, I think, uh, like one thing that I, when I was beginning, it was hard because I would have a list of questions and then you realize when someone starts talking, they come up with all these cool stories and like you're saying all this stuff. I found that <coughs> it's cool to like actually listen to what they're saying and then I could be like, oh, oh, Chris was sitting in with you. Like, what's that like? You know, like I right. didn't have that question planned. But like it's, I found that that helps. That's a great actually. tip. That's yeah. a great tip. Uh, but um, I guess uh, I mean we could talk about so much stuff. You've done so much different stuff. But there's one one last thing I want to talk about because we, I this is 
kind of the last thing I remember working with you, or meeting you up on was when you were on tour with Jay-Z and Beyonce, which definitely has, to, it, it wasn't just you. There's like tons of tons of people like on the, on the camera crew side, but, um, you and Dave, were there, um, that has to be a really high pressure environment. I've seen pictures you put on Instagram, like you had this heavy ass gear and these backpacks and vests and, but like you're in the background, a lot of these high performance dance shots and fireworks on the stage and, Mm -hmm. and like getting the shot. What are some challenges that you had to adapt to like on tour or some things that people wouldn't expect on, on, on tour life like that? Um, it's tight. Cause, uh, like we, we were just going to start releasing our YouTube, you know, like I hit the reason why I hit Justin up like earlier was cause we just started like reenact or reengaging with our YouTube and trying to create more content. That's like short form that would answer questions like that. And the one that we're going to drop on this week is with Danila Lewis. And it shows like what it's like working in a production in an arena with the chain smokers. And it's the same thing that like, I just watched it back cause I was trying to think of like how I wanted to edit the intro. And it's cool because it's like, there's so much you don't know when you get to that level. I mean, Jay-Z and B are like the biggest artists in the world and, and they're, they're performing and selling out stadiums, like literal like Olympic stadiums and shit. It's crazy. So when you're in a, a room with 100,000 people, you really have to strategize and understand how you need to move and, and understand the show to know where you want to be to get your specific shots and the moments and, and be so precise, but also coordinate with, with production. Like I, one thing that Danilo talks about in the episode is like, he works with the pyro team to understand when he can go on stage. And I learned that you can get killed by that shit. And I, it almost happened one time where I was like sitting there leading up and I didn't know that they were doing pyro during a practice round. And cause I was like somewhere else and they had to like run over like, yo, yo, yo. And because like I was just chilling where a huge 40 foot flame was going to go off and they had to cancel it. But understand, then that taught me like, okay, cool. I need to now work with the pyro guys. Who are the pyro guys? There's, we had 300 people on tour. Where are those dudes at and, and, or chicks and where are they blasting off this pyro from? And so there's so much coordinating you have to do to be able to say like, yo, for the next shot, when she walks out over here, I'm going to go up on stage during this moment. Could I, could I go out now? And you know, I'm there and I'm not going to go anywhere near the fire. And all right, cool. And it's all thumbs up so that everyone's working in unison to be able to like help the final product. You know what I mean? Like they still have their job to do, but they want to help you get your content. And like, that's so helpful. And then just being able to stay out of people's way and just really understand how to like be a ninja as much as possible, uh, and still be able to maintain the quality and everything. Uh, it's really, yeah, I don't know. There's so many, I mean, yeah, it's a, it's, it's, you were on tour for how, how, how many months? Uh, like five months. So you're, you're kind of like, living on the road like off the tour buses and <clears throat> eating ham sandwiches no 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 that was that was schoolboy q's tour that was like we live we toured because i did the same basically the same route um for q's tour and it was all out of tour buses so you would you know we had our tour bus and your your whole life is there and we never really slept in hotels you'd sleep in the bus overnight when you're driving and stuff bnj's tour is way better because we had like <laughs> we literally get you know, it takes so long for them to build that stage that the shows are like three days apart from each other. So you play the show and you work really hard one night and then you hop in the bus and the bus drives you to the, to the next destination and you get off and go into a hotel room. That's like fucking amazing. 
and they're they make they take great care of us and so you go into like this awesome bed and then cash out and then you wake up and finish whatever work you're doing and then you have like the whole day to like do whatever you want in the city um and then there's another day you know i mean like there's plenty of time so um and you get per diems and stuff so you can buy you take care of yourself you know what i mean like yeah. we actually had gyms that we could work out in, the, in these uh places so we could like take care of ourselves or go enjoy the city or all these other things where the tour before was like you eat whatever they have at the venue which is like pizza or fucking random garbage food and on on the bus i gained like 30 some pounds on q's tour it was bad like it was just <laughs> uncrustables and lunchables and fucking red bulls and savage shit like that uh hot pockets and then b and j's tour was like amazing like like our crafty was like a whole auditorium like a whole room full of like amazing chefs making us like the best food so it was, it was like light years different uh but that's what happens when you're not you know like q's tour it's a small crew so like in the, and the shows aren't like massive they're like five six ten thousand people maybe um so you have to you have a budget that you work with there you know what i mean whereas b and j's stadium so your budget's a little bit bigger and you have like more people so it actually makes more sense to like have chefs and shit you know what i mean yeah it's it's really cool and you know I could just ask you for hours more, but like, I definitely think people should go check out the your YouTube channel that you're planning to put out more content about all of your different stories and experiences and event recaps and whatnot. Um, and you do have this community creator group that's on Facebook and Instagram, Black with No Cream or BWNC. It I'd recommend everyone check that out because, uh, like, you know, I have like channels like mine or other creators, like we're individual creators and there is a community of like-minded people in our comments and around our videos and pages, but uh, it's not a, it's it's not one like in Black With No Cream, I think it's cool because they're not um, like all following one top person there. It's like a right. community where they can all collaborate together. <clears throat> yeah. So um, I love that. Yeah. I guess uh, tell me about like wrapping up here, like, send people over to black with no cream like where should they go what are you working on like because i i would like to sit here and ask you like hours more of every single detail about tour but where can they find that if they're if that sounds interesting and they want to keep in touch with you yeah i mean if you want to keep talking i could literally probably do another 20 minutes if you wanted to i could talk all day but and it's fun i think we i think we'll end up rambling for another 15 wrapping up here i know um it, so with black with no cream what's cool is i started on facebook because it was free right and I hate Facebook. So currently I'm trying to actually build something new to move everyone to that and get off Facebook so we can have our own, like a way more organized, beneficial community for everyone to like be able to navigate and have multiple rooms in the space. And so that's like something that's new in the works. But if you, in the meantime, you should definitely join the community and, and just hop in and that way you can get notified when this new thing rolls out. Uh, so bwnc.com slash join. Um, it's bwc.com just go find you'll find it there it's easy um but what i love about it is like the way people connect with each other like and how like micro communities are happening and there's in these different cities because people hop in they realize like oh you're from atlanta too or you're from wherever like we were when i'm on tour let's last tour i started it after q's tour because i was like everywhere i went there was people coming up to me talking to me about my videos and like their creators too and i was like that's so cool and then i get all these messages so i started the community after q's tour when i went on b's tour i'm going to these cities and people in black window cream are hitting me up like yo we should do a meet up here we should do a meet up here and i literally am in amsterdam i've been in amsterdam one other time and i didn't really do shit we like walked around like the fucking red light district and all that shit and went to a weed shop with q and then other than that i was in a bus like mad far away from anything so we didn't do anything 
my second time in Amsterdam, I have like four or five creatives from Black Window Cream linking up. None of them know each other, but we all came together and got coffee for like two hours, one morning. And it, it was so cool seeing two, one person say, I do this, I create videos. The other person's like, I edit videos or I do, you know, I sell, you know, content, whatever it was. They both do things that would accompany each other really nicely. And they came together like, yo, we should work. We, I, I could hire you for these projects. And I saw people come together in real life. You know what I mean? And, and it happens all the time on, on, in the community, on the internet. But it was wild to see that shit in real life and see people actually come together. And that's what I love so much about this. And, you know, after this whole uh, COVID shit's over with, like, we want to start hosting real like seminars and bringing people together and having panels and, and le letting you hear from like top level people and be able to mingle and meet with each other and introduce your shit to brands and all this shit. Like there's so much more I want to do with it uh, moving forward. But right now it's like, how do we, how do, how do we help you? Um, I hate creatives or whatever you call yourself who just are like, oh, I did, I, I have fucking 10K followers now on Instagram. I'm going to make a course and sell you on how I edit my videos and you're low-key trash or you low-key haven't done shit or you haven't even been in the game for more than like eight months, but you know you started creating because you could sell courses and you got hooked on the whole idea of like click funnels and shit. And, you, and so you're just making these bogus ass um, courses about your skill set that you haven't spent time developing and you're teaching something probably that's wrong to people that are really eager to learn and spending all their money on this shit. And so I want to be a force in that space. And the beauty of it is that I want to create black window cream. You know, it's an education platform. I want to be able to build our course content. Like when we do develop courses, the fact that it's not just me, the fact that I'm not sitting here telling you I'm a fucking lighting wizard or I know everything about every camera or I'm a fucking Photoshop king. You know what I mean? Like that's not what the thing is going to be. The beauty of it is that Black Window Cream, like you said, is a sea of creatives that are mad talented. So I can dive into the people that I've had in the podcast. I could, We could literally build out a full-fledged course. Like maybe you don't have time for it. You probably would have the most time out of everyone I've talked to <laughs> that would be able to actually like understand how to curate a course. But like for most of my friends, like they're so busy doing what they do on set every day and so on and so forth. They don't have time to build this shit. So we can be the infrastructure to design this and let someone else lead who is fully capable of leading and truly would be a better, an amazing teacher. You know what I mean? So that's what I love about black window cream is that it's just, it's not me. It's not me just saying like, I'm the shit. Listen to what I say, buy the things I sell. Blah. Like that's not it. It's like way, it's just my network. Like let's just tap, let's all tap yeah. into my network and, and curate it. That's what I fucking love about it. So um, if you want to be a part of some shit like that, you should join because we're out here. But uh, I am excited. Hit the about horn. The Hit the stuff, horn. Man. Yeah, I know. Where is it? We have it. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I need horns, man. I yeah. need horns. But yeah, yeah. I, I've, I've seen the group grow. It's really cool to, uh, I mean, I've been a part, like a judge on some of the contests you've done and, mm -hmm. and I, you bring in brands and stuff. So it's cool. That How it's, cool is uh, that, that you're in it? Like, dude, I've literally seen people, you comment some shit, and then somebody be like, what? Odisha's in here? <laughs> oh, shit. You know what I mean? Like, like there's friends of mine that are fucking ill, and they're in there, and they're seeing people like, at you know, you just got started, you're very new, or you have no uh, eyeballs on you at all, and you're creating something that people that have power of, like, potentially booking you or changing your life are, are in that shit. I met Dave through Black Window Cream. Like, Dave is my partner in Black Window Cream. I brought Dave on tour with me with Beyonce and Jay-Z. Dude was living in Texas, just trying to figure it out, shooting local shows and trying to work in the EDM space, and reached out to me and became 
uh, my podcast editor, my intern, not even, I didn't even have money to pay nobody. It was just like, yo, you want to intern? That internship turned into him becoming my assistant at, during Coachella and then going to be my assistant on tour where I was like, yo, you also can like shoot. Like, I want you to be able to shoot with me and like curate content. Like you don't need to carry my bag around, like carry your camera around and get content. And it turned into us uh, like building this really cool team together. And, um, that came from Black Window Cream. Like I would never have found Dave without that shit. You know what I mean? That's yeah. crazy, right? Yeah, shout out to Dave. That's Dave Malave. M- yes. M-A-L-A-V-E. Yeah, find him on Instagram. Because uh, <laughs> we mentioned him so many us. times. Um, yeah, Dave's cool. I met him too. And I met him too. We all hung out that one day in, in Detroit. I think the, the number one kind of thing I'm pulling from all of this is like just that power of of planting those seeds and, and unexpected like if you just give and you network and not to seem like one of these like coaches, it's like networking is important, but like just the, the cool it's way so that like our, our mind doesn't understand how, how complicated some relationships, like our mind can't predict the future. Like we will never be able to realize like, Oh, in four years, like you, someone will have invented this app and then you'll be on the app and then Dave will be there. And then, you guys will meet this person. Like there's something crazy that happens when you have the connections and the actions of dozens of people all working together that one person could never predict the, the possibilities and the outcomes from, but it's cool to be in there and like planting seeds and collaborating and, and helping people. Yeah, I agree. I mean, that's been the whole mentality is always like, say yes, tell you can say no. And, and by doing that, the benefit is that you will develop your skill set, you grow your resume, you grow your network, and then that puts you in a position to take jobs that then make up for all that shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. You um, just flagging me down. No, there was a there's a there was a fly or something. There's a, a dust bug. bunny. <laughs> I was like, Wait, what are we what is the signal? I'm not reading the smoke <laughs> my, signal. My bad. <laughs> but um yeah, so you've created you know, like you said, days and days worth of content to listen to. Everyone, I would recommend go check out some interesting interviews on on Ben's channel and and Black with No Cream podcast and everything. If you've if you found this train of thought interesting and you want to keep checking out different cool creators, um, and I guess as a final thing, like you know, what are you what are you thinking about right now? What what's kind of an idea in your head? What's some final advice or tips that you'd give to other people or something you're learning new or advice you'd give to yourself, um, to wrap up this episode. Um, yeah, I mean, right now I'm just, I want to keep sharpening my skills. I want to be more creative. I'm, I'm like luckily been busy as hell during all this quarantine shit. Um, and it was cool, like getting to do this pregame show for the NFL and EA, you know, during the middle of this shit and being able to have the whole black window cream team, like help me deliver this content. And, um, I've just been directing more and now I'm like going to focus on, I'm in the middle. Hopefully by the end of today, I'll know if they're green lighting my budget or not, uh, for a documentary I want to do about a collective of artists that are very influential in hip hop. I won't tell you much about that shit else outside of that, but like, that's going to be like several months of work for me, um, which will be, it's a really cool story so i'm inspired by that and just i think like overall i want to leave you with the idea of just being a fucking good person like if you can be a good person like the impact you will make and the way that that turns someone's head towards you will go a long way like just being helpful going above and beyond you're not better than anyone they're not better than you like just try to work your ass off in any environment you get in 
And if you're a solo art, if you're a solo person working, like if you're not even trying to grow within like this industry in LA or, or whatever, like if you're just a local, whoever, whatever you do, if you're just like a editor or if you're just a local wedding company and you do wedding videos or whatever, just being able to connect dots and be a graceful person in that space, like everyone's going to recommend you because of that. Everyone's going to always say like, yo, that person was like super nice or went above and beyond or, you know, dealt with a couple issues that I had personally and took care of me in, a, in such a great way. Like that's what you want because that's like, we are coaching you to network. Like that's literally the best part about it is, uh, you know, building your, your Rolodex of people that fuck with you. So give, 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 and never hope that you're giving anything in return because you might not, but you also might. And when you do, you're going to be like, oh shit, that was totally worth it. Or that was really cool. Or I have no idea where that came from because you just like lost track of all the people you gave to, you know what I mean? You have no idea where that one email came from that paid you fucking six months worth of your rent or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, um, I don't know. Yeah, that, no, yeah. I mean, you and you embody that in my personal experience because like I've I've worked with dozens and dozens of people and sometimes it's not always like the easiest hitting up certain creators and, you know, some people have egos or some people have like managers and brands and like um, one thing that has always stood out to me about you is is like, man, Ben's really nice. Like, oh, man, Ben got me tickets to that concert. He didn't even have to do that. Or like, oh, but like, you know, <laughs> stuff like that. And I feel like... uh even in my own channel, of course, we all want to make money. We all want to make a living. We all want to be successful and get views and stuff like that. And at first, like those, like those goals are like priorities a lot. But the more, the more and more years down I get into this, uh, you know, going on almost 10 years of the anniversary of the channel. Um, <laughs> Let's go. Like the <laughs> the more I realize that if you can just make that once you have, you know, you do need enough to like live and be happy and pay your bills and whatnot. But like you ultimately will still be more successful if you switch your goal into like, how can I make this the most profitable and monetize, monetizable into how can I help the most people? Or like when I wake up today on this earth, like, am I able to help someone like learn something or am I able to help someone, you know, in their job or become a better editor or whatever. It sounds really cheesy and there's probably no way I can like express it no, properly, it. but it really is like that mindset shift to where like it helps you like do it. Cause sometimes I'll put a podcast up. It doesn't get tens of thousands of views, but I'm like, if you re change your perspective, so it's not just numbers and you're just like, dang, I really did make 20 people's days better. That's really cool. Or like yeah. whatever, stuff like that. And ultimately, ironically, like that ends up making you the most money and doing the most success anyway, or well, like making you the happiest anyway. And that's the gas, right? Like that's the gas we need or in this new Tesla community I'm fucking with. It's <laughs> the the kilowatts. <laughs> but yeah. like you need, uh, you need to, like the it helps out. getting people to, just hearing from people like being able to hear from your community and like the impact that you get from that is so cool. Like that shit, every time, like I'll just get a message and you almost kind of take it for granted after a little bit of time. You're like, Oh cool. Like this person said, you know, like this changed the mm -hmm. game or let's do whatever. Like <laughs> I, I, I just get like, I don't know. I've been trying to, I don't know if you do this, but I've been, I started like a new notes on my phone where I try to collect screen grabs of like things that people say. 
I do. Uh, I just recently did post some nice comments. Like I, I'm just trying to like look and see if there's an example. Like this one dude hit me. Let's see, Saul Lopez said, "I won a VMA tonight. Honestly, thought of you and Black Widow Cream immediately. If y'all are y'all for real. Some legends for everything you do for the creative community has helped me tremendously. Thanks, Ben. Keep it going. Like, I don't know if he's saying that we weighed into the him winning a VMA, but like, that's so cool to me. Like the fact that this person did some shit that's like." groundbreaking for them and they want to share that accomplishment it's not just like telling me i want to be amazed like yo literally like the podcast played a role in this shit i'm like damn you know what i mean like podcasting is a real impact in the world yeah it's really cool so like yeah it's like the numbers might not be dumb nuts or whatever and like it might take months to grow and shit like like you said like we still i always put the hashtag at the end of my episodes so that we see if someone listened to it and we'll randomly just get a quick little hashtag on twitter or some shit from people that are like just heard this. I don't even remember what was your hashtag. Ours lamb chops. Lamb, or chop. lamb chops. And then uh, we get it. And I'm like, damn, someone just listened to an episode we recorded three years ago. You know what I mean? Like, holy shit. So it's really cool to just to know that that shit will just continue to like help. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and anyone who's a creator online, like, you will get that one negative comment that will like. It's so easy to ignore all the. We get do- dozens of positive comments. Like, yep, yep, sweet, awesome, legend, legend. You're like, that's whatever. But then you get like that one person that's like, yeah, you're a, an asshole and I don't like your video. And you f- fixate on that all oh, day. Yeah. So I have been taking screenshots of of like cool comments or funny comments and like putting a spotlight on them or sharing a nice email I got because, uh, you know, it just it, it the another the last guy I interviewed, his name's Jack Butcher. Um, he runs the visualized value page. It's really cool. Um, You should check it out. But he has this cool concept too called uh, like selling your sawdust or like it's like documenting the reactions to your work. So if you're a photographer also showing like the the positive comments or us as YouTubers, like I'm a teacher of software. I get I got like a really nice email. This guy was like, you paint a beautiful picture like a flower and like you're the best teacher I've ever seen. Like yeah, and I was like, that is a very well-written email. He said, I'm the best teacher on the internet. Like, <clears throat> if I screenshot that and put it up on Instagram, like, that's the best, like, it's like testimonial. Reviews, you know? It's like, that's more than anything I could show you. Showing the reactions to your work is, like, the best proof that you can do what you're doing. But Dude, I love it. And you know what we should all, I thought you were going to say this would have been really funny. Like, you know, what I started doing is just screenshotting all the negative comments and I spend time that reading works them over too. and over Reacting and over. To me. You should make like a toilet know. book or something for yourself where it's just all the negative, <laughs> all the negative comments <laughs> that you've gotten. Just like something you can just flip where you're taking a shit or whatever. As that you hit be- your million subs, you get that fucking whatever diamond colored thing plaque you get from YouTube. It just glue that shit to it. The, oh, the, yeah. those can be funny too but you know yeah. i take the constructive criticism nobody's perfect. i, I do too there was there was one time we did a i feel really fucking bad about it too we did a podcast and it was um we, we we went to a festival and i saw this one artist performing and their fucking whole camera crew was coming out like bright colors and and looking like um and this happens with a lot of different artists. It wasn't just this one specific artist, but they come out and they have like all these people and they're filming on their phone. They're also taking photos at the same time. It does. It just like look. It looks. It was like a clusterfuck on stage to watch. And we we made a whole thing like the episode was called "Where Show Blacks." Like 
you when you get to a specific level, your your goal is not to look like a rock star as a crew, a creator. Your goal is to like blend into the background so that the focus is on the artists that we're all here to watch. And I know a lot of like a lot of artists, like even Q, like I'd always be on stage and I could go right behind him and film and. Um, and even with B and J, I do that same shit, but I try to make it very quick and like get in, get out. So I'm not disrupting the show. And there was one artist that had this person that were wearing like all this red shit. It was like bright red or something, I don't yellow or whatever. It was like hella bright. And not, like, we taught, we like mentioned that that person fucking followed the podcast or whatever. It <laughs> was like, yo, that was me that you were talking about, blah, blah, blah. And like went off and like, they even said that I was like confusing them for someone else. So like my facts weren't straight. And I think I like quoted it as like the specific artist. So like, that wasn't even me. Like I was that person like, well, you're kind of like twisting two things. And I, whatever it was, it was like my information was bad because my memory is just shit anyway. Where I was like, damn, fuck, I shouldn't have said it should have just been a generalization of all artists and all creators that do, might do this and not specifically call out the one instance and then i made someone feel bad so i like i apologize but also was like but also i don't think i was wrong i think it was you and, <laughs> and i saw you the whole time fucking the whole time it, but you know what i mean but i still feel bad so like there's a way to like you know it was good yeah. it was good feedback where i'm like i should be more i should be more aware of when i, I my my words have power i guess or whatever so like make sure that you you know it was good feedback i don't know i like i like to pay yeah. attention to that shit. yeah i don't like arguing with anyone i'll just I'll just sometimes they're right like I do need to speak up I do sound like I'm I do sound like I'm uh, uh, mumbling but um, yeah anyways uh, I I think we could wrap this one up here Ben thank you so much for taking your time to come on the show everyone thank you so much for listening if you want you can check out the video of this on YouTube or you can listen to it on iTunes Spotify I mean if you're at the end here that means you already listened to it but <laughs> yeah get, uh, give it a all rating, the future give it a episodes comment. reach out yeah. to us and uh, definitely go follow Ben I'll leave all his links um, black with no cream and uh, and you can check him out on YouTube iTunes yo, do Justin do a solid for him all right because running podcasts is hard and it doesn't take fucking much because you just listen to this and if it, it was free and it was easy for you to like engage with or whatever comment on his shit go subscribe to the channel turn the notification bell if you're on YouTube go to any podcast app that you use but subscribe motherfucker and download <laughs> but then also Go to Apple Pie. It's not that hard to do this shit. Go to Apple Podcasts and leave a fucking five-star review and just tell people who might trip on this shit, like, Justin's episodes are awesome. I learned X, Y, Z. And just say that real quick. It's fucking not hard. You know what I mean? Like, please help the squad out here. That's, that's all you got to do. It's easy. Like, fuck. Awesome. Thank Yeah, thank If you do that, thank you. And, yeah, we're really easy to reach. If you ever want, hit me up on Instagram or shoot me an email, too. So cool. thanks so much for listening. We'll see you guys in the next one. Boom.